Well, hello, hello. Welcome to this very special Reports from Under the Desk. We're all so excited tonight for the guest that I'm going to be bringing on uh, in just a few moments. Uh, I have my co-host, James Carruthers. I'm going to go ahead and welcome James in. Hi, James. Good to see you tonight. Shalom, everybody. Great to be here. Well, this is an exciting night, isn't it, James? We've been really looking forward to this evening. And we have a wonderful guest in Gabby Grace. And I just want to go ahead and read a little bit of an of an introduction. You know, I've been thinking quite a bit about music and its influence. And I just wrote a little something for us to think about. So here's what I was reflecting on. The human race is born into a life that is just pulsing with rhythm. We're surrounded by sounds and patterns. These sounds enhance our life, keeping us in touch with nature and harmony. Songs are as natural as breathing to us. Our very lives are a book of poetry that is happy, sad, bright, dark, glorious, or gloomy. The music that enhances our lives pulses like a heart monitor full of ups and downs. It drives our emotions and therefore our actions. Music inspires us and creates deep effects within our brains and the limbic system in a way that few other art forms can. The field of psychology says that all humans have a music memory. We're able to remember music. The melody and words get stuck in our heads. Songs that resonate in our souls that we listen to over and over again can actually affect our thinking patterns and define our behavior. Music is something we feast upon and we are learning you are what you eat. <laughs> we can listen to patriotic songs, angry crashing cymbals that bring out the fight in us, sad melancholy music that can lead us to a kind of a victim mentality. Love songs that can make us either judge where our relationship's at or appreciate where our relationship's at, just kind of depending on where you're at in, in life, right? The point is, music is powerful, and we should choose carefully what we subject ourselves to. I love music, and some songs feel like they define my life so well that they almost belong to me personally, as if they were just written just for me. <laughs> as I reflected on this, looking back at different parts of my life, there's always a song associated with it. I remember as a young girl, a little girl, one of my favorite songs was James Taylor's and Carol's King's You've Got a Friend, because I didn't feel those friendships in a lot of places. And that music made me feel like these people understand me because of the words that were there and the melody that drew me in, right? As a teenager in my rebellious phase, I, I totally related to Stevie Nicks, <laughs> Pat Benatar. Those were like my heroes, right? <laughs> Stop dragging my heart around. <laughs> and that's where I was going with it. I, most everybody who listens to my channel has heard me share that there was a time when I lost a child. And at that time, Whitney Houston's song, I Will Always Love You, I played it over and over and over again because it soothed my soul and touched my heart. And that's what I needed at that moment in my life. 
when I first became a believer right after that situation, I mean, I went from a pit of total self-destruction translated out of that into his glorious kingdom. And my life changed in an instant. And my favorite song at the, the, at the moment was Jesus Freak by DC Talk. <laughs> I'm dating myself with some of this, but that's okay. <laughs> so the song that resonated with me most as I began my service as a worship leader was Prepare the Way. I don't know if anybody remembers that one, but it was Prepare the Way. It was by, it's by Eric Newsom and it was released on the Smithton uh, Outpouring album. And I just loved that song. When my husband Robert and I got married, our song was God Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flatts. As y'all prepared me to get ready for what I'm doing now, my anthem was Heaven on Earth by Stars Go Dim. Some of you guys may remember my show on Lamb Network, and that was what I played as my intro. It was just don't leave me the way I've been, right? <laughs> and as I have entered into the venture of having a worldwide online ministry, my personal anthem has become I Hear Your Call by Gabby Grace. That resonated so deep within me that it, it made me feel like that was my song. I hear you calling me. I hear that shofar. And as Gabby would sing that song, my heart was drawn into, okay, y'all, I will go where you're calling me to go. I'll do what you call me to do. And this song has been the right song for me at the right time. And with that, I am so honored to bring on our guest tonight. Please help me, audience, to welcome our guest, Gabby Grace. Welcome. Hey, guys. Hi. What an introduction. I'm going to cry and we're not going to start. <laughs> <laughs> Music is powerful. It's just it is. so it's powerful. Good. Yeah, it can just, it can bring us back, like, right to a place where we were at a specific point in time, or it can call us to a place where Yah's trying to get us to go. Yeah. It's amazing. Definitely. Amazing. Definitely. You know, and with that, Gabby, I, you know, what drew me, I love the music, but I also love your lyrics, you know, the mm -hmm. lyrics that you sing exalt Yahweh as our King, which mm -hmm. I just love. I just yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so interesting to me that your uh, genre ended up directing you to see his majesty, that kingship, that glory, and to sound the alarm of his return. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was wondering, can you tell us about how your heart was turned from atheism to now exalting the creator with your music? Yeah, that's a big one. That's a huge question, actually. Um, so I was thinking, do you want me to kind of explain how music was always a part of my life and how then this led me to what I'm doing right now? Absolutely. You just share yeah. with us exactly what's on your heart, Gabby. Yeah, absolutely. To have you. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. I really hope I don't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, just to start with the music portion, um, I've always been to music as far as I can remember. Um, and just like you mentioned about your own journey, I was not always a believer, um, but from the longest time, I've always wanted to be the singer 
And I always love to sing, to write songs. I always resonated with music so, so much. Um, but I also did have kind of, I would say, maybe bad desires attached to my desire to be a singer. I, you know, the fame portion and the attention portion of it. Um, and so anyhow, I didn't have all the right reasons, but this was still my dream. This It's always been my dream. It was not like a face. A lot of little girls, they want to be singers, but it's always been the thing I want to do. And I always knew if that's not what I end up doing, then I've just ruined my life, essentially. And so uh, I've been into a lot of different music my whole life, lots of diff different genres, not epic music. Um, so for instance, my first idol, for lack of a better word, is, was Britney Spears. And then right. the next and then the next one was Avril Lavigne, and I kid you not, I was I was her biggest fan for many many years. Uh, then I I found out about my father's CD collection of classic rock bands from the 70s and 80s. So Queen was a big one, Led Zeppelin, uh, Genesis. I mean, all the classic rock bands from those years. I also loved pop music. Uh, I had periods where when I enjoyed a lot of even metal, punk. Techno, dubstep. I mean, I love so many different things. And that's also one of the reasons why I was procrastinating for a long time doing something serious with my music. But one of the reasons was I really didn't know what to do. I loved so many different genres and I just didn't know what my sound would be, what, what message I had, essentially. I really didn't know. Um, and so I procrastinated for many, many years. Um, and I would actually give an example of that. I just to relate it to another part of my life, but at school I was this student, you know, who would procrastinate until the very last night before having to like give give a, like an essay of like I don't know 50 pages or something, and I would wait until that very last moment to do something, but I would still get very very good grades. Like I was I was a very good student, so I guess also um, unconsciously I thought I could pull that off with music as well. Not exactly how it works. <laughs> so, so, but any case, um, when I when I had to choose a, a school for college, um, I knew I wanted to pursue music, but somehow, of anything, I decided to go for classical music as opposed to pop music. And looking back, I know this was yeah. I, I know it was yeah because there was no, no logical reason for me to do that. I had no music theory background. I didn't know anything about like music and like not even a, a second instrument um, or classical voice or classical music. I mean, I everybody knows those classical um, songs, you know, the, the popular ones, but it was not my thing at all. But I just felt like I would learn more if I was going that route. And then I fell in love with classical music. I learned a lot. Uh, I really liked it. Um, and I did the same in university. But I knew I didn't want to be an opera singer. I knew I wanted to use what I had learned, but I didn't want to be an opera singer. I didn't want to be a pop singer. I really didn't know what I wanted to do, essentially. Um, so after school, again, still didn't know what to do. But yeah, I had different plans for my life because after school, essentially, I quickly met my husband. We got married. I have to get a full-time job. And then I have to work. <laughs> uh, but music was always in the back of my mind. And I could never let go of that desire to pursue that. But I just didn't know what or how. Um, so now leading into my testimony. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, that's going to be a long one. Bear with me, guys. <laughs> but I think it's, it's 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 necessary because I really feel like it's huge what Yad does in our lives, and it it's just so intertwined with everything I'm doing now. And I know I told you before, but the music I ended up making just is nothing I could have come up with myself. And it's just it's not just false humility or me trying to you know it's. It's truly something that Yah has just decided for me, essentially. These are the songs, these are the melodies. And and so back to my testimony. <laughs> so, so from my young years, I was always a truth seeker. That's the one of the things I would define myself as, as I've always been a truth seeker. Um, you know, everybody wanders in their life. Who am I? What am I here for? What's the meaning of life? Is there a God? Um, and but usually most people they move on with their lives. Uh, I never moved on from, from those questions. And I was I really consider myself to have been like a tormented soul. Like it really tormented me when I was young. Those questions. Uh, and it was from a very young age too. Like I was not even a teenager, and I was tormented by those questions. And so it was always it was always in the back of my mind. That's probably also why I always love music because when you hurt and when you have, you know, uh, existential um, crises, I guess, uh, music is is just something so powerful that really touches you and helps you keep going. Um, but I was not from a Christian family. We, I mean, I had like a general concept of God. We do believe in God and Jesus, but. There was no relationship. It was really more of a concept over a reality. Mm -hmm. And so I had this in the back of my mind, but eventually, you know, in the world we live in, obviously God is not taught and it's really against everything that's being pushed. Yes. So, <laughs> so I became an atheist. I quickly came to the conclusion that there's just simply no God and that's all. I, I just... I knew, however, like I knew there had to be more to life. I just didn't want it to be God. Uh, it was just not God. I, I didn't know what it was, but it was not God. So that, that was where I was. And um, actually, I would even mock people who believed in God, thinking they need a crutch, you know, that they're so um, weak, um, that we've grown, you know, we're evolved to be, <laughs> to not need that concept anymore. So that, that's really where I was. It was not a joke. I really was an atheist for many years. Yeah. Um, but my teenage years were really, really difficult. And it probably didn't look like it from the outside. But again, going back to the tormented soul aspect, I went through a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, a lot of disappointments with people, lots of things. Um, and I would say I hit rock bottom probably around 18. Um, nothing like drugs or anything, but just within myself. And, yeah. and also when I look back at my life, I had so many evil desires. I was so full of anger, so full of jealousy, envy. Uh, I mean, it was bad. It was just really bad. Uh, and then when I was 18, I met a friend. And actually we met on Facebook. That's a funny story. I don't even remember how this guy actually found out about me. He basically wrote to me because he wanted a singer for a project. So we were going to meet to talk about that. But 
what happened was very different because he started talking about God. So, mm -hmm. uh, so we met. And just to show you where I was, that's maybe an extra, an extra detail I'm going to give. But he asked me, where do you want to go? And I said, let's go to this drag queen like, <laughs> yeah. place. Because it, it, it was like a drag queen show. And I wanted to go there. And he, he agreed. That was interesting. <laughs> but anyways, we were in the car and we, he talked to me about God. And when he did, like I did with anyone who would have talked to me about God, I started mocking him and making fun of him. And I was kind of intrigued that he didn't seem offended at all. Like it didn't seem to bother him. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I was very, very offensive and didn't seem to matter to him. But one thing that really caught my attention was how he was talking about God like it was an actual person mm. who had an actual living relationship with him and an actual impact in, on his everyday life. And mm. I've ne I had never heard anyone talk about a God like that before. So that intrigued me a bit. And by the end of the night, he invited me to his church. And I was, you know, I was just curious to see how it was like and I guess I had nothing better to do so I just said okay why not I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna come so the very next Sunday I came to that church and I really didn't know what I was getting myself into um, so for those who know uh, it was like a Pentecostal church so very very alive I mean there was dancing everywhere singing everywhere people were so free and I'm a singer and I'm a dancer so it was a place to be for me like it was right <laughs> and and when I got in there, the first thing that really um, that really caught my attention is how people genuinely loved on me. Like I didn't know those people, and I and I can say, sense when people are fake or not. And I could really feel like those people they don't even know me, but they love me. Like it was, and I was really caught off guard by that. And uh, next thing you know, some people start prophesying over me. Um, so someone comes over and tells me that they see me singing and writing songs. And one man in particular, he said something. And he said, I can see that God will meet you through your creativity. Mm -hmm. So I was like, God will meet me through my creativity. I don't know what that means, but okay, fine. So I'm going to come back actually to that part later. Okay. Um, but <laughs> what happened that day, it's going to sound crazy, but essentially that day I gave to, I gave my life to Jesus against my own will. So well, it, it literally, so what happened sometimes actually, you know, sometimes I say it's like God forced me into it, you know, <laughs> like he, he just did not give me any choice. So, so th this is a very small church. So I guess they were not really used to see new people and they assumed that I, if I was there, it was because I was going to give my life to Jesus. Right. Right. So the pastor goes on, on stage and in front of everybody, she just says, so you want to give your life to Jesus today? <laughs> and everyone starts screaming and shouting for joy. And I'm just here in my head, like, man, I cannot say no, I'm going to ruin their day. I, I just, <laughs> This is truly what happened. I, I said, I cannot say no. I'm just stuck into it. So I said, all right. Um, so I went on stage, um, prayed the sinner's prayer, and I felt so hypocrite because the whole time I'm praying, 
I'm, I'm, I'm repeating everything she's saying, and I don't believe a single word of what I'm saying. And I'm like, this is so wrong. Like, this is so wrong. And then after the prayer is over, people come to me and they start hugging me. And I just started weeping because I couldn't believe the love from the people there. And so this was not my, like, I wouldn't, this was definitely not the day I, I guess I was born again, or I was, I, I mean, I, I met God, but that was the day that it started my journey, essentially. Um, because from that day, uh, I was confused. <laughs> and so I continued going to that church, not because I was necessarily believing anything that was happening, but just because I love the people and I felt good when I, and when I went there. So I kept going for weeks and weeks. And it's like one day I wanted to believe, but I was like, I cannot force myself to believe. I want to, I want to know it's the truth. I want to know for sure. It's, I mean, there's so many religions, there's so many, you know, different things people believe in. So I need to know this is the, the truth. If that's what I'm going to, to be, you know, believing for the rest of my life. And I was on and off. Like one day I would speak to someone who was an atheist and I would convince them that God exists. And then the other day I would meet a believer and I would destroy their belief in God. Like it was, <laughs> I was all over the place. And, and then a, like a, maybe a week or two after that church meeting, I started having so much inspiration. And I had stopped writing music, writing songs or journaling for a very, very long time. And just out of the blue, I just started to write, write, write. I was getting so much inspiration to the point I had to bring my notebook when I went to the bathroom. It was insane, it was insane. And I was writing and I remember at one point writing to God, not believing in him, but still talking to him somehow. And, and I was asking him a question and I knew that I, I mean, if I asked him the question it's because it was very important and meaningful to me. Unfortunately, I don't know today. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember that he answered. Yeah. And when I got the answer, I just knew I don't have this with, wisdom within myself. There's no way. I would have come up with that answer myself. And then it clicked. God will meet you through your creativity, the prophecy. And I was, I was freaked out. I was like, yeah. what's going on? And, but I was still not convinced. So a lot of things like that happened. And for months I was just completely tormented, not knowing what was going on. And one night I was just sick of it all. I was very desperate and I just cried out to God and it was a very sincere prayer. And I just said, God, I don't know if you're real, but Jesus, if you are the way, the truth and the life, you'll have to prove yourself to me because I cannot force myself to believe in you. That was literally my prayer. And God is my witness. I wake up the very next morning and I have faith and I'm a completely different person. And it's like the scales were removed from my eyes like I was waking up from the matrix, like like my whole life I was believing a lie and now the truth is just self-evident and I'm just, how in the world, how in the world I did not see that before? Like how in the world I did not see you before? And yeah, it's just, that's just the way it started basically. So that was 12 years ago and uh, I've never looked back. 
That's awesome. What what a wonderful testimony. I relate so much to that because I had that rough start too. I was mm-hmm. out as far in the world as you could get. And, um, and the amazing thing to me is, you know, we can come to Yah, you know, completely where we're at. And yeah. he doesn't push us away. He's, you know, people may be afraid of our questions, but Yah never is afraid mm-hmm. of our questions. We can come yeah. to him with those hard questions and ask him to, to really show us. Absolutely. I mean, I was, I had to keep myself a list because I had so many things and, and I was really testing things out. And I was like, okay, you know, you say, bring everything to you. Well, here's the list of the things that are, are big problems in my life right now, you know, big things. And I would write them all in this notebook and I'd write them in a black pen. And then when y'all would come back and answer it, like, sometimes I got like, a yes, a no, and a maybe, you know, on things that I knew it, but it was having that relationship, a, a father that actually heard what I was asking and was kind enough to give me an answer, even if the answer was going to be no, mm-hmm. you know, yep. but, and I could write it down and say, well, okay, I did get an answer. And he, he kind of trained me to, to know his voice and, and his character by that. And that's where we get to kind of like fall into his arms and say, yes, you know, I can go where you're leading me to go. Cause I can trust you. You know, trust yeah. is huge. Yeah. And there's actually two, there's two specific Bible verses that I found are very personal to my testimony which I tell to people when they come from different walks of life, the first one being, if you seek, you will find. That's just a promise. Like the word is clear about that. If you seek, like if you sincerely seek with no agenda, with no, like no preconceived notion, you just truly want to know the truth, he will absolutely show up. And the other thing is he resists the proud. Well, he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So the moment we decide to humble ourselves, he absolutely will show up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, James and I kind of worked on questions together and he was gracious enough to let me ask mine first. So I do have one more for you. And then I know James has some questions for you too. (laughs) But when, when I listen to your lyrics, you know, two of my favorite Bible characters would be Elijah Mm -hmm. and John the Baptist both of them have this call that's like, wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't you see what's happening? Get yourselves ready. Get in position, you know, understand the times that you are living in. And when I listen to your your lyrics, it reminds me of that same call. So I just wanted to know, do you get some inspiration from those types of characters, you know, what is it that puts that call on your heart, Gabby? It's, yeah, uh, honestly, I don't even really un- understand sometimes myself. I would say um, they do speak to me. What speaks to me about them would be how they, like their boldness, their boldness, their strength, and just their fearlessness in proclaiming the truth, no matter the outcome, knowing that people 
will not receive it and that it may even cause them harm and persecution, which it did in their lives. Um, it speaks to me because it's something that I strive for in my own life that I hope will be found true at the end of my life is I want to be bold. I want to be fearless. I want to be able to proclaim and do whatever he asks me to do, no matter what. And the day and age we live in, it's just going to get worse, right? So, so yeah. we need. So I guess knowing the times we live in, and and yeah, so those would be the traits. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily that I'm thinking about those characters when I write because. Like I mentioned, it's really, yeah, let's put, put that on my heart. And I don't know why. That's why I, even if I wanted, I don't want to, and I never wanted to, but even if, if I would have wanted to make Christian music, it just, it just doesn't resonate with me because I, I, I just feel the battle part of our lives, you know, and, and I just feel this is a really important time for us to be, to be sober-minded and to not have one foot in, one foot out. Like if there's a time when it's time to be all in, it's now. Right. And and what if I look at them both individually, maybe uh, something more specifically that I can relate to. Well, for John the Baptist, that that verse has always been very, very uh, meaningful to me. Is he must increase and I must decrease. Like that's one that I pray. Like I truly pray. It just take all the mess away from me and just you you know you do your thing to me so that would be the one thing about him and Elijah I was actually going through his life recently and one thing that um, I can definitely relate to is Elijah was bold and he went through a lot of persecution and mm -hmm. um, hardship because of his uh, his message but he he went to he, he came to that place of despair and feeling defeated and being in the wilderness and I definitely had my share of wilderness in my life in my walk and you know it's actually mind blowing to me that even to this day I will listen to my own songs and although I want this message to reach everyone it's insane all the message somehow it, I'm the one who needs it most, you know? Sometimes it's it, it's just, and it makes me very, very emotional because I just, it, it's crazy how yeah works. Yeah. You know, like he, he, he uses, like somehow he uses that music to touch other people, but then I'm the one who needs it. It's, it's weird. It's very, it's very special. I totally relate to that because, you know, we do, we do shows all the time and, and I've been doing videos now for, I guess, I don't know, a year and a half now. And I'll go back and, and watch something that I did. And, and I'm like, I really needed to hear that. It, it is, it's, it's not that I'm doing something to preach at people. Yah's, Yah is speaking to my heart and I'm just sharing what <laughs> he's already trying to help me get yeah. a hold of and grasp for my own life. So I really, I relate to that a lot. Gosh, well, thank you for answering my questions, and I'm going to let James have a turn. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think it, it is all about y'all's timing, and we can sit and ponder forever. You know, why why didn't you intervene sooner in my life? Uh, but he is always there. He's always working. 
and it's just so incredible to hear each person's testimony and, and the journey and the struggles that they go through. It really just prepares us for that moment that he finally does call us and is ready to use us. Uh, well, I, you know I went through a sim. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you know what that makes me think of? Because uh, it just makes me think of something. Um, how, like, when I started making music more seriously, like when I received these songs in 2019, 2020, I remember asking, uh, why did I procrastinate all this time? Like, why did I not do anything sooner? And it's really blunt, but truly the answer I received was, well, it would have been worthless anyway because I would not have been in it. And my reaction was, I agree with that. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, it's true. It, 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 he has to be the one behind what we do. So it, and on this, and also like the work involved in, I mean, I could have tried with all my might and all my talent to come up with a sound and lyrics, and but it would have never been what it is right now, just because it's from him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. I mean, for myself, you know, I grew up in church my whole life and uh, had a great foundation through it all, but still felt like there was something missing. And it wasn't until I truly sought him out, you know, seek me first, seek the kingdom of Yah first, and then you will find. And that's truly when everything clicked and the scales were removed. You have to be mm -hmm. ready. He, he's always there ready to use you, but it's, he's waiting for you to be ready. And so exactly. I think that that's a great testimony that you had. Uh, many of us have, you know, grown up in church or some kind of religion and some haven't. And so to be able to use each one of us individually, he has a, a plan for us from the get go. And so yeah. sometimes it just takes a little bit longer than others to get there. But um, exactly, I, I really like that a lot. Um, one of my questions was going to be, you know, what brought you into this Torah observant lifestyle? Uh, there may be some of us tuning in that aren't really familiar with what that involves. So I did just want to kind of give a little backstory on what I think, in my words, is Torah observant. What caused me to decide to take this step uh, out of, you know, what some would call Christianity into this Torah observant movement, uh, which is prophesied in the Torah, you know, Yahuwah yod Hey vav Hey tells Moses that after many thousands of years of curses that have fallen on the people of Israel because of their sin and their idolatry, they would return to him and obey his voice according to all that I command, you mm -hmm. and your children with all your heart and with all your soul. And we find that in Deuteronomy 30, verse 2. But yeah. the, the main things that really brought me into the Torah was obviously to believe in Yahushua or some call them him Jesus of Nazareth, which he is our Messiah. And that is the only through his blood that we are cleansed of our sins and forgiven. Absolutely. The other is to, de to desire to follow him in obedience. And this is an obedience that is so deep where you want to follow all of his commands. Obviously, the, the main ones would be honoring the Sabbath, honoring his feast days, his set-apart Moedim, and then eating clean. Those are generally the 
three big ones that go along with this. But then also just to desire to stick to his scripture for instruction, for righteous living, you know, from Genesis to Revelations. And that's really what opened it up for me was when I realized that it's all relevant, that the Old Testament wasn't nailed to the cross, that our Messiah was the word made flesh in the beginning. And he was born a man that lived the perfect or lived the Torah perfectly and taught the Torah in his missionary when he was, you know, ministering on earth. And so I'm just so thankful personally to have found this and to want to obey him in these ways. And so that's kind of where my question came along was what brought you into this? Who introduced it to you? Uh, and how did, why did you want to pursue this uh, type of obedience? Right. Great yeah, question. it's amazing. A very great question. So, well, I would say nobody really talked to me about that. What happened is um, after university, as I mentioned earlier, um, I had no idea what to do with myself, with my life. And so I just decided to start the year with a dedicated time of prayer and fasting. And I also determined it was my new year resolution to read the whole Bible in a year. And my posture really was, I want to read every word like a child. No preconceived idea, just Holy Spirit, just guide me, just teach me. And I guess also it helps that I was not an, like I was not a believer before I was an atheist because I've always been, I guess, rebellious in a good way. You know what I mean? Like in the sense that I don't, I don't take someone's word for it. I've, I've always been seeking on my own and you need to prove to me that what you're saying makes sense, you know, yeah. whoever you are. <laughs> so, so I think that helped. Um, so, so that was in 2016. I started reading the word for myself in a year and going through the old Testament, I could see over and over again, you know, all of these commandments, those statutes, those, um, all those testimonies they shall be forever, all your generations forever. And as far as I know, forever means forever, right? So <laughs> I started to ask questions. I was like, well, I mean, he means what he means and he doesn't change. And actually, the strangely enough, the first thing that really popped up for me was the dietary laws of anything. Um, because I was thinking if Yah decided some animals are clean to eat and someone are not if it was true then like how did it change now and and also what really caught my attention is the last verse well the verse that basically summarizes all the dietary laws is be holy as i am holy and where can you also read that you can read that in the new testament but the new testament only points to the old and that's where it is of all places like that's where it is and so i'm thinking there's no coincidence right so so that and so from one revelation to another i just essentially quickly came to understand that everything in the word applies to us and um that was back in 2016 2017 as i can say and i remember i was so overwhelmed with these revelations, it's almost like I was born again, again. <laughs> like it was like, yeah. wow. And something that happened also is 
I really felt like I knew him. But when I, I got to understand all these things, it's like I knew him on such a deeper level because I know his likes, his dislikes. You know, I, I know my God. I know my God. I know what his word says. And I just, it's just so deep. Just, it's, it's kind of crazy because there's this false idea that it's law or grace, but it's not true. I mean, why does David say, be gracious to me with your law? Because it, it's all grace. I mean, it's kind of baffling. We need to obey, I don't know, thousands or even millions of laws in the States and, you know, in our countries every single day. And we don't even think twice about it. The word has maybe six, 13 commandments of which not even everything applies to you, depending if you're a man, a woman or different things. So his word is clear that it's not burdensome. And so it's essentially how that started. It's, it was really my, my journey of looking at the word for myself, reading it all for myself in a year. And that really is the moment when um, I started to discover the truth of the law and the Sabbath and everything else. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. I love it. You know, it's so funny how sometimes that word gets translated as law and it, it immediately, you know, I almost wonder if, if the translators, some of them didn't do that on purpose, trying to separate things. Because instruction would be, yeah. instruction would be a better word. Instruction or, you know, when you really look at it, every good parent has rules mm -hmm. and it's for their child's safety. Right. Yeah. And so I've started really looking at that. And when I read it, instead of reading law, I'm kind of telling myself, you know, this is the loving instruction of your father, Exactly. you know, so that you don't get hurt. Exactly. <laughs> it really changes your perspective when you, when you turn it around like that, doesn't it? Truly. And yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, Yahusha said it himself. All of these law hang on the two greater commandments, you know, love your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and so when you look at it that way, if you just, if anyone can decide for themselves what love means for God, love means for your neighbor, then there's not one definition. It's no longer truth. Like truth is exclusive. So there is one definition and that's why he tells us exactly what it means to him to love him and to love others. Yeah. Yeah. I think to want that deeper relationship with him is really something that we're striving for so much. And one of the verses that really changed it for me was regarding the Sabbath out of Exodus 31. I'll read it real quick. In verse 13, it says, and speak to the children of Israel saying, my Sabbaths, you are to guard by all means, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations to know that I, Yahweh, am setting you apart. And mm. when I heard that, it just resonated with me. And that's the sign that I need to follow in order to be set apart, to be connected to you. And it just really changed everything uh, in my life for the better. And it's been the biggest blessing each and every week to be able to obey the Shabbat and to have that rest. And I was Who doesn't looking... want to do rest every week? <laughs> He's literally <laughs> giving us rest. <laughs> exactly. Why don't you take it? 
I was yeah. looking through some scriptures today and the Ruach led this to me. And I've heard this verse over and over before, but it never hit me until today. And it's out of Matthew 11. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. And that right there told me that's Sabbath. That's that he's talking about the Sabbath. I can go and meet him on the Sabbath and he can dwell within me on that day. And like I said, I've seen that a verse a hundred times and it never hit me like that until today. So this is just another way the spirit is always working. Oh yeah. It's so funny. My husband and I, we will, we'll laugh and joke and we'll, we'll sit around on Shabbat morning We've got our coffee and we're just kind of lazing around and we're taking the time to be in our pajamas and share scriptures together and catch up with each other and, you know, enhance our relationship with each other and with Yah. And we'll look at each other and go, what a burden. (laughs) 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 The world just got it backwards. I had it backwards for so long, so long. I mean, I, I had no idea when I first came into, you know, coming out of mainstream uh, church system. And I was a fine arts pastor in that. And to come into uh, beginning to honor the Sabbath. I mean, I sat home and and I was just kind of like sitting in my chair going, okay, all I see is it says rest. I don't, what, what do you want me to do? I, I, I felt I was so uncomfortable at first because I was just like, I couldn't get the concept at first. It took a while, but once I've got it now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still working on it, to be honest with you. And I think one thing that doesn't, that is, is difficult is we're still a small number overall and we don't necessarily are close to each other. (laughs) So there's the rest part of being with him, but then also, we are we're longing to be together, but we cannot always be, you know. But that's going to be a beautiful day when we're all together. It will. It, it will. It, it's on the way. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. yeah. It's closer. It's closer. Getting that's closer right. by the day. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Yah knows what we need more than we even know, and so what a blessing to be able to restore your body and your mind and your spirit each week because. The way the world is nowadays, it's tough getting through even those six days. And so I yeah. can't imagine having it's that true. day, any, you know, now that we've been doing it for these past years, uh, I can't imagine. And and yeah. when things do come up and we don't get that full rest like we're used to, it just completely flips our whole week upside down. Yeah, it's true. It, it really is true. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I, I know this is kind of off script for a minute, but. I've, I've often thought of as, as I've pondered, you know, how so many of us, we are so scattered into the nations and, and longing for that fellowship. But I've also wondered if this is not part of Yah's hand of protection for us until his timing hits that then he says, yes, now I'm bringing you, you know, up out of the nations and, and on that journey you know, in that greater exodus. And I'm looking for that day, but I, I, of, I often just see that as his protection in a way, because we're not in all one place. So it's a harder target to hit. One way of looking yeah, at that's, it. That that's way. Definitely, true. definitely yeah. one way of looking at it. Yeah. 
All right. I, I haven't I'll really been sharing any comments, but I wanted to share this one here from Estimating yeah. One, Discovering Three. It's so difficult to go against the grain of the Western culture. And it really is. It's not a popular opinion, a popular decision. And there's a lot of persecution that we've probably all dealt with on our own uh, friends and families, strangers. Uh, but we are called to be that set apart, peculiar people. And there will be a blessing by enduring through that. So uh, it's a huge stay strong. <laughs> yeah, it's a test of faith. Yeah. He wants it to is. see, you know, where where our love for him, like how far our love for him goes. And it's like love for one another, you know, like in a relationship, what are you, you really need to to demonstrate in action, not just, I mean, the word says it, you know, the word says, do not be doers of the word, but no, do not be hearers only, but be doers of the word. And also let not your love be only in talking. I don't have the exact words, but essentially we need to prove it with our lives and our actions. You know, there's a lot of times in my life at, at different times that there are things that I, I can't understand. I, I can't reason it out in my own human mind. And Thank just, you. yeah. And, and, and one of the tools that I've learned is to just tell myself, remember his ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. Don't get yourself in too big of a bind over mysteries that he hasn't revealed to you yet. Mm -hmm. You know, go ahead and trust him with the mysterious things that are too much for you. And sometimes it just means going, you know what, y'all, I can't wrap my brain around this, but the truth that I know is that you're good and that you love me and that your mercy endures forever. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to make a, a decision to, to lay this thing down and not let it trouble me and know that you've got it under control. Absolutely. Yeah. And to know his yoke is easy and his burden is light, that he won't put something on you that you can't handle. That, that is a promise that you can really hold tight and, you know, just be glad in it. Uh, it's not an always an easy path or road, but uh, it really is worth it in every way. It is. It is. All right. So one of my other questions was going to be moving on into your current music and everything. Obviously, the mainstream music industry. Wow. We, we don't even want to go down that rabbit hole, but we know what it's focused on. You know, the world, whatever the world can offer you, fortune and fame, sin and lust and all those things of wickedness. So how do you stay focused on your music, which is your ministry? when the mainstream is focused on the industry? Well, I would say, to be honest, I really don't even know to do otherwise. Um, I just, just to be blind, I just don't really care about the mainstream. Um, and I also think that the mainstream doesn't have much to offer anyways, especially, I mean, when you have Yah's desires in your heart, those are, I mean, they, they, they can't, there can be temptations, but it just doesn't appeal to you like it would have done before. So, Definitely. so it really doesn't affect me, I would say. And it's funny because I was thinking, I was thinking about that. 
because my again it's true that my music is a ministry but one of the things that I guess you could say maybe is a a temptation is my desire has always been to to reach anyone and everyone you know not just people who already believe and <laughs> when I was thinking about how am I going to do that because I don't want to be like right there in your face and say and be too obvious but at the same time I just can't hide it, you know, like, and I, <laughs> I, and really, I just can't, it's just, it's just my life. So the, the, and it's just in my nature to be outspoken about it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's too, it's, it's too difficult actually to try to think how I would do something else, you know, and, and it's really funny how it makes sense with epic music because, you know, Epic music brings those, um, kind of, not those kinds of, the, the themes you you think about when you think about epic music is like, you know, kingdoms and heaven on earth and war and all these things, they make sense with epic music. So it's just so yeah. perfect that Yaz gave me, given me this genre because, well, in a way, I can say whatever I want to say and I know that People will listen and they may have no idea what I'm talking about, but they're still going to listen because it makes sense with the genre. And if one day they are intrigued enough, they might be thinking, well, what is this girl talking about anyways? And then it may lead you to, you know, actually do something within them. And so, yeah, it's really amazing. And also uh, about mainstream versus what I'm doing. I told you, I think earlier, but, I really think it's an amazing time right now to be a musician or anything, basically, like whatever ministry or whatever career someone wants to do. Because now with social media, with online marketing, like I don't need a label. I don't need to fit in a box. I don't need to appeal to the masses. I can just do whatever yes, put on my heart to do. And there's going to be people who want to hear it. And I just need to be heard by the right people that need that message and I mean that's that's gonna work you know it's, it's just it's just gonna reach the people that need it and you don't need a like I, I there's a part of me that wants everyone you know to 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 love the music but at the same time it's not for everyone and that's something that I came to be at peace with like I don't need to appeal to everyone like if I want to appeal to everyone I'll appeal to no one and I have no message. So I, so yeah, I think it's good to have like a very specific mission and just be truthful to what that mission is. And it's just going to attract the right people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's authenticity, you know, yeah. there, there's no replacement for authenticity and an authenticity of being exactly who Yah created you to do and do what he put on your heart to do. It's irreplaceable. No, you, there's nothing to measure that against, you know, mm -hmm. I love it that you're like, I'm just going to go and, and do and be who Yah called me to be without having to be put in a box. It, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what we love about you, Gabby, and love about what your music it, it's, that's what drew me in. Absolutely. You can feel the fact that 
what you're doing is not a performance. It's real. It's, yeah. it, it's a reflection of a relationship. That's Amen. Real. All glory to him. Yeah. All glory yeah, to him. Too often with the music industry, you know, you sign that big contract and they own you and they make you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, know, you, you don't, don't even want yourself. that. You don't even want that. You're not even free to be the artist or the person you want to be. It, it's, I mean, to be honest, when you look at mainstream artists and the big celebrities, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even imagine, like, how you don't want their lives. <laughs> like, it, you want nothing of their lives. They're, they're probably so miserable, and they are. They really are. And you know, it's, it's not worth it. It's really not worth the deal or the fame. Or I'd rather be just. It is army. Do what he wants me to do. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, we talk a lot about, you know, just music in general, what you're letting in, you know, through your eyes and through your ears have such influence on you, even if you don't realize it. And so that's why there it is so important to, you know, guard and monitor what you're letting in. And yeah. so I really think it's so special with your music, you know, even if it is reaching someone that doesn't have that relationship with the father or anyone at all, you know, that mustard seed is being planted in them, even if they don't realize it. And so yeah. at that point you have done your work. Now it's up to the father to allow it to grow. And so I yeah. think that's just an encouraging thing to think about, you know, what effect you could have on someone's life down the road, even if it's not at the moment. Yeah, exactly. In his timing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. James, did you have any other questions for Gabby? Well, I would love to hear about, you know, what you're working on now uh, as far as your music. Uh, we're all probably very familiar with Heaven on Earth. You know, what an amazing soundtrack that is. And, uh, it just really, it, it gets, like my wife has said a few times today, it gives your goosebumps goosebumps. Uh, I, I mean, this is a this is a good one. I need to this. Yeah, I've never heard that one before. I was impressed when I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, what I'm working are you on. working on anything? Uh, give us some some teasers of what we can expect maybe later this year. Yeah, well, there's a lot going on. Um, mainly, the first thing I'm working on is the first single of my next EP, which I already talked about it in a few of my uh, videos and posts, but it, it's called Invisible War. And I'm so excited about this song. It's, if I can bring to life what I have in my mind for this song, I, I know it will be so powerful and far reaching, maybe even more than ever known Earth. I don't know. It's, it's just this huge, um, this huge warning call, I guess, again. Um, and I would say the way I see my next EP as opposed to Heaven on Earth, Heaven on Earth was more of like my introduction, like an overview of, I guess, what's to come. But we're not in, in the midst of the battle yet. I The next EP is really like we're in the middle of spiritual warfare. I really It really feels like warfare. It's going to sound probably more dark. But not dark like the world would define dark. Dark in the sense that we are facing dark times. So, you know, it, the, the battle is real. 
but we're still called to be victorious in the midst of this incredible darkness. So the songs I have for this one are really focused on on that, the spiritual battle and just coming like closer and closer to the end and finally, you know, what's waiting for us. So I'm really, very excited about it. Wow, that's that's wonderful. I'm so excited to hear even more. And, you know, I was just, I'm kind of watching the comments here for a minute. And I just wanted to show you this one, Gabby. It says, Dear Gabby Grace, it's from Journal uh, Journal Cosmic Q. Dear Gabby Grace, you are the food producer of the citizen of heaven. Your music literally awoke me up. The lyrics are exactly the voices I've been hearing all my life and what I went through. I mean, you know, it's just amazing. You don't always get to to see what's happening and 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 see the tears flowing on people as they they as you flow through with what you've recorded and it it just changes and and people listen to the songs over and over. That's what I was talking about. It's like it's like being able to, you know, something incorporating into your life. And it there's something about the maybe it's the frequencies. I don't know. You know, I'm not that great on that, but there's something that it literally like changes something on the inside for people that helps them get through whatever that space in life that they're they're having to walk through. I mean, it's very powerful and, and we really appreciate all your efforts. Thank you. I mean, that's all I'm praying for, honestly. This is like, if I can just, there, there's no greater joy for me than to know I've touched people for him. Like, it, like literally there's no greater joy. It's just, it, nothing compares. It's amazing. Yeah. Nina is right on it with what you were talking about, Shell. Bridal Armor says your unique frequency will reach those whose ears are open. That's right. Thank you, Nina. Thank you. I think, you know, we've been touching a lot on recently, lately, the, the armor of Yah, you know, putting on the armor of God each and every day because the battle has begun. We are in the battle spiritually, and it's a tough it's a tough fight if you're not prepared, if you're not wearing your armor correctly. And I just really feel like your music is perfect to finish it off. Get your armor on every day and then listen to your music. And you're just ready to go to battle at any cost. And we know there is going to be a battle that we're going to have to war in. And your music just really encourages us to know that the victory he has already won. And so we know the outcome. We're just waiting for that moment. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, uh, people saying, you know, it, what they love is the fact that it's so scripturally sound, you know, your music. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it is. And I know we're, we're, we've kind of gone over the hour mark and, and we don't want to keep you all night. Oh, well, I'm fine. Okay. Up <laughs> to <see> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I did want to just say, you know, I know that you've got a really large audience and, and we might have some people out there that have no earthly idea how to begin a walk with our creator. And I don't think that there's anything more important than we could share with someone tonight is if if you're longing to have what you see reflected in Gabby's life and in James' life and my life and others' lives. And, and you just don't understand that and, and don't know how to begin that walk. 
I'm here to tell you, it's so simple. You know, religion complicates things, yeah. man complicates things, but, but Yah does not complicate things. And just yeah. like Gabby's testimony revealed, he will meet us right where we're at. And so literally, if, if your heart's just stirred up right now and you're watching this now, or you're watching this in the future, know that his spirit can work in the future, just like it's working live. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, he, he transcends space and time and he knows our name. And some of my favorite scriptures that have, have comforted my heart about who our creator is, is not only does he, he knows the hairs on my head, but he doesn't know, you know, it's not like he's going, you know, okay, yes, I've counted him, but he knows me so well that he knew when hair number 6,008 fell out, you know, <laughs> I mean, he literally knows us to that level. He, yeah. he, he literally knows us to the level that he has caught our tears in a bottle because they're precious to him because we are precious to him. And I don't care who you are or where you're at. That word is for you. You're yeah. precious to him. And yeah. the way to start a create to, to start a journey is just like Gabby said earlier, I don't know who you are, but I'm willing to find out. Would you help me? It's mm -hmm. really as simple as that. He will. He will answer that cry of your heart. I promise you. If you oh, yeah. just cry out from your heart, you don't need any special words. You don't need any. There's no, you know, put your, it's not the hokey pokey. You don't have to put your left foot in or your left foot out. You know, it's just not, it's not complicated because he doesn't make it hard on us. He, as much as we begin to long for a relationship with him, he, we're, he's, he's literally signed his name within our DNA. We are his creation and he loves each and every one of us and he loves you. And if yeah. you cry out, he will hear you and he will answer. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Those are true words. No better right time now. than now. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, I have absolutely loved having you on as a guest, Gabby. I hope you'll come back and join us sometime because. Oh, for sure. We had a wonderful conversation with you and we That's look forward to, to, you know, uh, seeing what else you've got on your plate. And we look forward to having you again as a guest. And, and it's just been our pleasure. It's been mine as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And it's a pleasure for me to share. Really a pleasure. Wonderful. wonderful. I wanted to share something with you guys real quick. I was obviously we're all familiar with Gabby Grace's album cover i'm going to throw it up here real quick it will show there so check That'll this out if you have not heard it but you know as we were going through our tour portion and, and i found it just perfect lining up by yod you know his time is everything so as we were discussing with you you know trying to figure out a time that we could do this interview i think we passed around a few different you know time frames and this wasn't working out. So we settled on today. And of course, earlier today, my wife and I, we read on our show, Walking in the Word, we read through the tour portion. And what happens in that tour portion? Moshe parts the seas. the seas. And here we are, you know, talking with you tonight as you're parting the seas. And so I just thought that was a great connection that only y'all could work that out. Oh, definitely. That's amazing. 
Yeah, that the story is this artwork. It, 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 should, it would be another interview altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to have to hear that because it sounds like you've got a great story on uh, on that album cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just because, you know, I was thinking heaven on earth. I mean, how can I picture that? But then I was thinking, well, heaven on earth is not just, you know, heaven coming down to earth. It's just what the power of yeah in heaven does on earth. and Moshe parting the sea I mean what you know what else do you want and yeah I just thought it, it was I just had knew that it had to be the, the cover art for for this album yeah amazing you know I, so I've, cool. I've I've been thinking about that you know because we're in this part of the tour portion right now and um I've been thinking about those strangers and foreigners that maybe were just like listen, you know, we were also slaves, maybe caught up from Moab or, you know, different other places, right? That maybe were slaves in Egypt too. And they were witnessing everything that was happening. This is happening with the Egyptians. This is happening with the children of, of Israel. You know, hey, listen, they're all going out. They've got all the gold, the silver. Egypt's looking devastated and they get out there and, and now, Here's Pharaoh's army coming. They're thinking, have I made a mistake? Is y'all real? And then what does y'all do when it looks like they're in a no-win situation? He parts the seas. Yeah. You know? I mean, amazing. Amazing miracle. Yeah. Amazing. Well, be sure to check Gabby Grace out. I've got her yes. website up here at gabbygracemusic.com. You can find all her links there. We've also tried to include most of the links in the description of this video. So you can check her music out. You can join her social media there. Uh, I believe YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can even purchase her album. And I know you do a instrumental version as well, which is really fun to listen to. Just being able to take music itself. And uh, it's really incredible. So I would highly recommend that. We would love for you to also check us out at Heart of the Tribes. Check our website out, heartofthetribes.org, or you could join us on our Telegram. We would love to fellowship with you, learn more about you, and we're just so thankful for everybody that came tonight and uh, really showed the love for Gabby. What an amazing testimony and journey you have been. And Like Shell said, we really hope that we can uh, do things with you in the future, get to know you even better, and learn more about your stories. So. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yes. And and audience, please support Gabby, support her, support her music, buy her album. You mm -hmm. know, none of things don't happen on this earth without the support of our brothers and sisters. So show her some love, buy that album. And, mm -hmm. uh, and we appreciate you. Oh, All thank right. you so much. Really appreciate it. <laughs> okay. And with that, let's tell everybody Shalom. Yes, Shalom. Thank you, everyone, for Shalom, coming everyone. today. All righty. Shalom and good night. Good night.